Good morning, podcast listeners. This is The Commute. Coming at you live, recorded Grand Rapids, Michigan, in front of no studio audience, and solely for the void to listen to. No one listens, and that's okay. I'm your host, Chris Single. As mentioned, Midwest Coast, the best coast, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Our co-host, Michael Z, cannot be with us today because he's traveling through time and space. That's right, folks. He lives in Los Angeles, California, which is a different time zone. So it's still real effing early in the morning there on this beautiful Tuesday, the August of August. Michael is asleep, dreaming about butterfly kisses and long flowing hair and sexy firemen who work on my block and long flowing hair. We are heading into work. Something in my trunk is making a little noise, but that's okay, you know? We're all here to have a good time and get your real-time traffic updates that are obsolete by the time you hear them, as well as cutting social commentary. This is The Commute. One day we'll be a real podcast, but I think what I want to talk about today is the fact that we're not a real podcast, and it's this leap between the sound a tree makes and the fact that no one hears it. So, despite the SoundCloud Pro membership and the uploading to iTunes and Stitcher. We're doing everything that constitutes a podcast, but I still don't believe it's an actual podcast because no one listens. The act of podcasting requires a listener. And yet, it does not. We have the podcast. It exists. It could be better marketed. It could gain an audience. But that does not change the episodes that already exist. And so it becomes, what's more important, the audience reaction or what you are personally getting out of it. And again, part of the point of the podcast is to practice that habit of speaking, speaking fluently and intelligently and getting your points across, having those arguments that you would have in your head out loud. So that if someone says, hey, what do you think about, you know, double click for publishers, you will have a response that actually sounds like a thing out loud instead of just, well, I did a thing with it and it was okay. So... If you want to discuss DoubleClick for Publishers, I'm fascinated by the dynamic world of advertising in the digital marketplace. There's a breadth of opportunity to really drill down and target a niche within a niche within a niche and make sure that your product is reaching the people who are most likely to buy it. And then hitting them with these sort of dynamic ads proclaiming not you're the one millionth visitor, but actually you are exactly the type of person who would want this type of product. And I think that's great from an advertiser standpoint, and honestly, great from a consumer standpoint too. I would rather be marketed products I actually like than nonsense I don't. And I think that's one of several failings with TV. I was just reading the TV markets to what it thinks its average consumer is based on Nielsen and all that. So if you're not that, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because you see these ads that are like, well, I don't need Metamucil or, you know, hypnotherapy to quit smoking. I understand that that's sort of the way advertising has worked up until the internet. You try to reach as many people as you can in the hopes of shooting the fish in that barrel. But now you can just go to the right barrel. Go to the right barrel and shoot your fish. blue Dodge Neon in front of me. Maybe like a teal. No, it's blue. It's almost yellowish blue. I don't know, man. Uh, with a Vote Bernie, Real People, Real Power Bumper sticker, Bernie 2016, 
sad, sad to see these people so amped for a candidate that then really have no great option. And you hear about these Bernie bros who are Bernie or bust, sort of not willing to vote for Hillary now, and it's so silly to me. I get the idea of you want someone who represents your interests. You want someone who will vote the way you would vote, but there's seven billion people on the planet. No one thinks exactly the way you vote. So if there's a cause that's most important to you, maybe you should vote for the candidate most likely to do the thing for that cause you want. I don't know, I'm being vague because the emotions of politics are such a subjective art form. The things people care about are so varied. And I uh, don't care about a lot. I think in the end the system's probably going to be fine because there are people who care. Maybe it's just the elderly who have time to research the issues and vote. So maybe we'll all get Werther's Originals back with our tax returns. But hey, everybody likes the Werther's! Making right towards the highway, thinking about representative democracy and targeting those niches and the first-past-the-post voting system. I don't know if it's the best system, especially when it results in a two-party system, especially when we don't have these sort of cultural touchstones and mass marketing is so ineffective. You want to be able to find niches that support you and then have those niches form coalitions when they can agree on certain topics, at least to overcome the baddest of the bad guys. Because you can't outright ban a nationalist party from saying, well, we believe that whites are a superior race. I guess you're allowed to believe that, but I wouldn't like you to get a majority voting block, please and thank you. That's terrifying. And they exist in these countries that have the more coalition party type election process. But they're sort of just hangers on to the right-leaning side of the political spectrum. I really should look in my trunk. That does not sound great. Um, finding the niche. And then if you can find those good niches and sort of aggregate them all together, your metaphor of a political coalition, you can really uh, build a website. Jet.com had a bunch of marketers for itself. I discussed this yesterday, but I don't know if I ever posted yesterday because got a little, a little negative there at the end there. But Jet.com used everyone else's marketing prowess to tell people about itself and aggregated those pockets of humans into a real website that sold for $3 billion to, I think, Walmart. Might have been Amazon. I think it was Walmart. So as much as I hate the growth mentality of Silicon Valley, the company needs to scale, 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 there is something of... Find your niche and do it well, and think about what other niches you could hypothetically do well. Or, completely sell out your niche and run a lifestyle business. Looking to uh, get into this internet game. I think this internet thing's really catching on. I think there's a lot of opportunity here for some folks to make some Skrilla. Nobody still says Skrilla. Maybe even some Beam t-shirts some meme silly bands, some 
retro memes, maybe sell some meme pogs. Ironicgarbage.com. the idea of ironicgarbage.com and the FAQ is like you should have an emergency fund and invest in a diversified portfolio or you could buy this crap to remind you of your childhood because nostalgia was always better in the past a portion of the proceeds go to paying off student loan debt Boy, what a world. We're on the highway, getting passed by a truck. Getting passed by a loud orange truck. Well, I guess, well, you know what I mean. Part of the truck is orange. No, you don't know what I mean. You can't possibly see this truck. It's got a white box on top. But it's uh, got orange bases, which is an interesting look. It's certainly not a construction vehicle. But that's your real-time traffic update for this morning. Oh, yeah, that lane's ending, so I can't go over Enjoy. 
what your 30s. And then aggregate that into a hole. Or if you don't, you become a rock star. Just keep doing that forever. We went and saw the Goo Goo Dolls, and that dude's literally 50, playing the same songs he's been playing for 20, 25 years. Maybe longer. Maybe he wrote those songs before they were popular. I mean, many years before. So maybe he's been doing those songs for 30 years. And he seems relatively happy. Seems to be making good money. So the key is, uh, crush your niche. Crush your niche. Crush your niche. Crush your niche. Heard a shiv crush. That's the, um, Star Trek thing. Apparently it's a real thing where you explode your rockets in a precisely timed way to make a separation in Star Trek. No, maybe it was Ender's Game. They do it to, um, for real spaceships, but in the video I saw yesterday, it's just for four rocket boosters on one spaceship. That's interesting. You just don't want them to hit each other and explode. But with spaceships, you want to separate yourselves out in a quick way, bursting off each other. It's a super quick way to do that as long as you don't, you know, explode. Oh, I could have made that left, but that's okay. We'll wait for this guy. Big GMC truck, he ain't gonna hit me because I was patient. And I let him go first, and that's why he didn't hit me. Well, cruising into the office, cruising ish, and uh, that's pretty much the metaphor for today. That's the takeaway. We're gonna look into a way to uh, transcribe these, really write some medium articles. And, uh, hey, thanks for listening. As always, we'll catch you next time on The Commute Podcast. Peace.